especially a yeah to the uh, 90210 Beach House lead. That you know, you do know that Brenda Walsh never lived in that house. She would just go over there and yell at uh, Kelly and Donna and whoever else. And Claire was living there for a while. David Silver lived there for a while. That she just go over there and yell at them. Your favorite person. Yeah, you know, Brenda's, uh, I mean, we, we've kind of had this conversation before, and if Chris wants to bring it back, we go full circle. There's nothing wrong with going full circle. I've obviously, you know, have been very passionate about Daniel LaRusso and very uh-huh. passionate about Brenda Walsh. So Starting we got picture. What, we, we, we got two of the greatest. You know, I, I, I was trying to pick one from like magic the male actor, the, the, the female actress. I, I, I kind of have my – I have my greats. I have my uh, – I have my uh, what do we call it? What's, what's goats? It called? The, yeah, I, goats? I got my goats. Yeah, I got my goats. <laughs> I don't think that either one of those is a goat. My levels are all what, off. That's trap. what makes this great. That you my can le- just kind of go and, and do that however you want. That you can have Brenda Walsh be your goat. You could have Daniel Larusso <laughs> with your two favorite movies being Karate Kid and Karate Kid Two as one of your goats. You are all set. How was the weekend, my friend? Weekend was great. Um, got uh, was down in San Diego a couple of days. Came back up. What I come up? I think Saturday came back up. So nice Wait, couple of days. Yeah, you were you were coming back up on Saturday. Yeah, at, come back r- up rough, on Saturday. At, rough, at roughly what time were you passing through South Orange County? I was probably coming back up. What time was it? I left. I was probably around one thirty. One thirty, wow. passing by Southern uh, Orange County area where you were just getting ready to do some more radio. See, you see where I'm going. They, where there wasn't an off ramp right there. You get off a of university, you kind of work your way through Irvine, and bam, there you are, UCI. We could have done the show because here's the thing. This yeah, is the God's yeah. honest truth. Emily was there. She saw it too. People coming up to me asking, "Where's Slee? Where's Slee? Where's Slee?" They were very disappointed that you weren't out there working on a Saturday afternoon. I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have a credential. I didn't have a pass to get in. So. That- <laughs> That's really all it came down to. I could have called artists. He would have done it for you. I didn't want to inconvenience anybody. I wanted, you know, you guys were already kind of doing your thing. Uh, You and Kirk got some phenomenal chemistry around Rams football, so I just kind of stepped out of the way. Uh I'm sure that's exactly what it is. We had a bunch of people out there, Slee, that were very excited about Travis and Slee. Had a couple of people tell me they agree with me on the Russell Westbrook stuff, and then a few Mm -hmm. more tell me that I was crazy and out of my mind. But we'll get to those people a little bit later on. It was was really cool out there on Saturday. I know we'll spend a a little bit of time talking about the Rams out there as well. But So you made your way back to uh, the L.A. area. On Saturday, what what did you? What else did you do? I mean, you were in San Diego. You came back on a Saturday, which is kind of weird. Why not stay down there till Sunday? But that's just me. I had gone on Thursday. I had to go. <laughs> Can I actually let me tell you the kind of a funny story here? <laughs> Thursday, I had to drive down there. It was my niece's birthday, and it was my girlfriend's birthday. So drove well, down to, dro- drove down on Thursday. And when I tell you, I'm in the car, and that's when the Scherzer stuff is starting to go down. Sort of starting to go down. That's when the Westbrook stuff is starting to go down. I don't know about you, but just being kind of in this industry, I think the last thing you want is big stuff like this to start going down or, you know, you're you're trying to put together the pieces, what's real, what's not real, and you're just sitting on the five freeway, uh, sitting in traffic, and you got like an hour and a half left to go, and you feel so (laughs) left out, and you want to tweet, and you want to, you know, what is Woj saying, or what is Jeff Passan saying, or what is... Ken Rosenthal wrong on. <laughs> I like that that's one of the hills that you're going to camp out on is the Ken Rosenthal got the Max Scherzer deal wrong hill. That is hilarious to me for a bunch of different reasons. So you're, you're, trying, to, you know, you're trying to go down, and then by the time I got down to San Diego, 
then all this stuff is actually happening. And I'm saying to myself, all right, you know, you, you know this, but I've um, I, I also do some stuff on YouTube, and it's predominantly just the Lakers stuff. So I'm like, all right, do I do something around the Lakers? What time does this birthday start? It was kind of mayhem, but I think for everybody, you know, that that's what these last couple of days and today is, and I think the weekend was this as well. The dust kind of started to settle. And you got a chance to actually kind of think about, okay, what just happened over these last couple of days, specifically in L.A., and how is this going to affect the Dodgers the rest of the way? What are the Lakers going to do from here? So it's kind of kind of an interesting weekend from a sports perspective of kind of taking a deep breath and, and kind of figuring out, okay, what happens from here? No, look, I, I really all I heard right there, Slee, is that you missed a golden opportunity. You had an opportunity to do your Lakers YouTube thing from your niece's and Lady Slee's birthday party, and you didn't. You could have done a Lakers show in the midst of that party, had a party hat on, a slice of cake, maybe a drink, and just break down the whole Russell Westbrook thing. I feel like you blew it. Yeah, I tried to do something, and <laughs> it was uh, it was arguably one of the most ghetto productions you can possibly have. <laughs> But I went with it. It was just literally the background was just a white wall. Had to push furniture around. Uh, it was 119 degrees in El Cajon. It was just it was it was a mess. <laughs> All right, Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So going into the weekend, I said it to you. I said it to Mason when I was filling in for for Ireland. There was a chance that the Dodgers and the Giants come Monday morning would be tied for first place. That's not mm-hmm. what happened at all. The Dodgers and Giants are exactly where they were when we started the weekend. The Dodgers are three games behind the Giants. Uh, they did take two out of three from Arizona this weekend, which, you know, even a, a terrible team like Arizona, two out of three on the road, you'll take it, you'll live with it. The Giants did what they needed to do. They won two out of three at home against a very, very good Houston team. And here, here here's where I want to start out. We're not there yet. We still got two full months of baseball. Today's only August third, so there's a long way to go. But, but, how much longer can you continue to say there's a lot of time left before you start to think? Okay, the Dodgers need to start to cut into this lead a little bit. The Dodgers need to be in first place to open up a lead by a game or two or four or five. Because we've been saying this all. Oh, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. It's August, and they're still three games out of first place. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because the expectations over the last week, let's just kind of be realistic of what happened. There was a time that you and I were sitting here a week ago and we were talking about, well, this is just the position that the Dodgers are in. They, you know what? They got a lot of guys that they're missing, and until they get everybody back, and oh, by the way, you have a concern here or a concern there or whatever the case is, and uh, they could very well be in this wild card game. I, th- I think that was that was kind of a, a fair assumption to make that either the Padres, the Giants, or the Dodgers, it wouldn't be a surprise or a shock. Either three of those teams are in front of the NL West, or two of those teams are playing in a wild card, and you could have threw the Dodgers in that mix. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happened in the last couple of days. Now it's not a question of are the Dodgers going to win the NL West, but it's how many game? By what point will they be comfortably in front? to where they could kind of take a deep breath and start focusing on, okay, this is what the playoffs are going to look like. And I I say that, and that might sound incredibly careless because they're three games back. San Francisco's had the best record in Major League Baseball for a long period of time. But But that's really the expectations. I mean, the expectations, when you went out and got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, a couple things happened. Padres didn't get them. The Giants didn't get them. No, 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 the Dodgers got – he didn't even go to an American League team where you thought, okay, well, everybody kind of stands pat and nothing really changes. The Dodgers got so much better after that trade. So 
when 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 you say, well, when does this kind of start changing? Doesn't it have to start right away? I mean, I I, I don't see. And and if you look at the last couple of days, obviously Corey Seager and Mookie Betts returned. Yeah. Kershaw expected by the end of the week. I mentioned you added Scherzer, who's going to pitch on Wednesday. Trey Turner still in COVID protocols, but he'll come back. You know, let's say the end of the week or starting next week, something along those lines. I don't think there's really a point moving forward that you can say, well, it's okay that this happened or it's okay that that even, – even right now, you know, you said, well, you took two or three from Arizona and it was on the road. That that typically would be okay. Even that I don't think is okay, right? Like you almost feel like they – I'm not saying they got to play perfect baseball, but, but, but you certainly have different expectations now. Yeah, I'm okay with what happened in Arizona, generally speaking. Winning two out of those three games I think is probably about what you would expect. The, the, the eighth inning of game one, the game that they lost, even though they didn't give up any runs, was a little sh- shaky. We'll – We'll get into that at some point today. Here's where it needs to start. By by the time you and I, well, it won't be you and I, but by the, by next Monday, the Dodgers need to be less than three games out of first place. It could be two. That's fine. It could be one. They could be tied. It could be. But by next week, they need to be less than three games back. And by the week after that, they need to be less than two games back or less than one game back. Wherever they are at the start of the week, we just need to take. I'm not going to take this night by night. I'm not in scoreboard watching mode right now. But let's take this week by week because what you just said, I think, is everything. I think this is where the Dodgers are right now. You saw Mookie come back yesterday, two for five. He had a home run. He played second base, made a great over-the-shoulder catch in shallow center field. He just he looked like Mookie Betts, and he seems yep. to have a little bit of that bounce that he has. He's When he's playing like that, it brings an entirely different element to this team. I saw Corey Seager have a double yesterday. He's going to be fine. But that being said, it can't be one of those, oh, he's missed a bunch of time, let's run. No, 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 we need to hit the ground running here. We need to go. We need to get Trey Turner out of those health and safety protocols and get him on the field ready to go. You need to get Clayton Kershaw back in the rotation and have him pitch like Clayton Kershaw. You need Max Scherzer to go out there on Wednesday against the Astros and look like one of the best pitchers in baseball, which is what he is. You need all of these pieces because we saw it yesterday, Slee. We saw a really good glimpse of what this team can look like. And I get it. Arizona stinks, and and they don't have good players, and their pitching is dreadful. I I understand that. But that lineup yesterday, the lineup that we thought we were going to get, was finally out on that field, and you could see how devastating it is. Betts hands it off to Taylor, who hands it off to JT, who hands it off to Pujols, to Seager, to Pollock, to Barnes, right on down the list. And this was without Max Muncy. This was without Will Smith. This was without Cody Bellinger. That This is the lineup that we thought we were going to get. Now that it's here, you need to keep it healthy, and now you need to start stacking wins because that lineup yesterday, even though it was Arizona and they're terrible, not too many people are going to beat that team. There's just too much offense on that team right now. And then you throw in really good pitching on top of it. This is where they take off. They, um, you know, when I say they're they're not built to win the division, they're they're built to win the division comfortably. And, mm-hmm. the, and when I say that, what I'm referring to is this, Trav, is that they should. I, I thought Mookie Betts said something interesting yesterday. He said, "That's what we did really well last year. We haven't done it as well this year. We have to start playing with some sense of urgency and getting some things to turn our way instead of waiting for it." And I. I point that out because this is the time. So, as you mentioned, there was it's fair to kind of have some excuses here throughout the season because of some obvious things, whether it was injuries, whether it was, hey, San Francisco's just playing out of their minds or playing some good baseball, whether it was um, obviously the Trevor Bauer situation and Kershaw going out, so you lost half of your – even a, a larger part of your rotation staff. Now you're depending on two really re- relying on two pitchers with Walker sure. Bueller and Julio Rios. All that stuff is, you know, 
I almost feel like as every day goes by, those excuses are less and less. And, and the Dodgers know that. And when Mookie Betts is saying that sense of urgency, you heard, by the way, uh, Max Scherzer say this on Saturday on Spectrum, on uh, on the Dodger channel on Spectrum Sportsnet, basically said something to the effect of, like, we got to get going. Like, yeah. we're, we're actually, we're behind. We're not even. They're chasing. It's not even, you know, exactly. It's not even that they're, you know, leading the division. So I, I would just say this. What What's. If the reality is what should happen between now and let's say mid September is as the dust starts to settle, the the question mark in the division should be more about will the Padres or the Giants have home field for that one wild card I got a, game? Can I can I throw another one in there? Yep. Can the Padres hold on? I think sure. it's just as good of a question because sure. the Reds are playing really good baseball, mm-hmm. and if Fernando Tatis Jr. goes and gets his shoulder fixed, which, by the way, he absolutely should, then the Padres probably fall out of this thing altogether, which which is a drag because they're fun to watch, but it's good news as a Dodger fan because the Padres have given the Dodgers fits this season. Well, they're six and a half games back now, and you know I think that puts them um, maybe two and a half, three backs, or maybe yeah, I think three back, three and a half back are the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that's the conversation. I, I think what you just said was interesting. Th- this is as much as we talk about the Dodgers, and you and I kind of referenced a little bit to this prior to the trade deadline. Why, if Scherzer ended up to the ended up with the Dodgers, what was the ripple effect? Padres are a perfect example because the Padres on Thursday. You know, for a brief moment, thought maybe Scherzer is going to come to the San Diego Padres, and now kind of everything's in line here. Well, not only did he not come to the Padres, ends up with the Dodgers. So psychologically, you can kind of feel what that what that meant to the Padres. And then Tatis Jr. gets hurt, and then they lose two or three of the Colorado Rockies over the weekend. So I think you're going to see what the ripple effect is to a team within the division, and this might be a two-horse race. And if it is a two-horse race, it's completely up to the Dodgers to figure it out with the Giants, even though they only have three games left against each other. All right, I got two things I want to do. 877-710-ESPN, that's a phone number, because I want to get the answer to – I want the fans to answer this question. What do you do with Cody Bellinger? What do you do with him moving forward when you have all of these players? 877-710-ESPN. And we've got the most anticipated regular season matchup in quite some time coming up next. That's straight ahead. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Brenda Walsh as your number one character from 90210 is like saying Slava Medvedenko is your favorite Laker. <laughs> Slava had some good years. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it was going to be something. Slava was, Slava was important. He got some Times stuff done for them. Shaq would get into foul trouble. Slava would take over. 
<laughs> so who's Shaq in this? Is is Valerie Malone Shaq in this comparison? Is is uh, Claire Arnold or, or Kobe Bryant? What are we talking about? I need I need to know. I need the comparisons across the board, across the roster. So that's one from Grant. I got another good one from Grant that says, don't look for the Dodgers to pick up many games on the Giants in August. The Giants play the Diamondbacks a ton. Dodgers schedule eases up in September, and the Giants get tougher. Okay, so while Grant is right about that, I don't care. The, the, the Dodgers are not built to, hey, we can catch somebody if something breaks the right way. Hey, we can catch somebody if, as long as we're playing the weaker teams and they're playing. Uh-uh. The Dodgers have put together, for all intents and purposes, what is an all-star team. There is no, let's wait for the schedule to get a little easier. Let's wait for it to get a little tougher for the Giants. Go out there and do it. Trav, I, I, I'm looking here, and I'm looking at the Giants' schedule, but I think you just said something right there. Nobody wants to hear that. I mean, you know, it's kind of interesting. Think about where they were a week ago and where they are today. So if you want to take who they had a week ago, which it was Walker Bueller, Walker Bueller and Julio Reyes that were their – you could say their two aces, right? And, and that's how – Urias has been fantastic. He's been great yep. as well. Then you look at all the, the bats, as you were mentioning. Remember you're saying these, these are not supposed to be the main guys, and it was Muncie and it was Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock and kind of go down the list, Will Smith, go down the list of all the – they added to that, and they are still in the process of adding to um, a, a really, really good team that's kind of hung around with – the rest of Major League Baseball with a lot of their, their big pieces. They're adding Max Scherzer, Corey Seager, Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, Trey Taylor. It's stupid. I, I, it's not even – like the conversation doesn't even seem real. So to have any excuse for the Dodgers and, – and, and maybe, you know, I forgot who it is that you're mentioning in that tweet. I, I see what he's saying is, no, no, they can make up more ground in September because – the Giants should be winning a lot of games. I, I understand what he's saying, but nobody's going to be sitting here. If it's coming down to the wire and the Dodgers still are trying to win the division, I think that would be a shock. Put it to you this way. I, I, I get what he's saying. He's not wrong. That Maybe the gap will get bigger faster once you get into that schedule, that part of the schedule. My point is this. If the Dodgers aren't in first place by 10 days to 12 days from now, then something weird has happened. This is a team that is loaded up with guys. So here's the next question. Or the Giants went on a 10-game winning streak. Well, okay, fine. (laughs) But if they do, you need to hold serve. You need to go Mm -hmm. and start winning your own 10 games in a row. Then if that's what's going to happen, you need to match it because I don't care. There is no, well, they've got easier teams. No, 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 no. You just added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. You just—I mean, there is no. Yeah, but you got to go and do it. That's the way that it is. It's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. What do you do with Cody Bellinger? I mean, when when the trade got done on Thursday, I, we were yeah. talking about it the next morning. Because here's the deal: Look, Corey Seager's going to play every day. Trey Turner is going to play every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justin Turner is going to play every day. Chris Taylor better play every day. AJ Pollock better play every day. Mookie Betts is going to play every day. You've got first base with Max Muncy, who's probably going to play damn near every day, and if he doesn't, maybe you get a little Albert Pujols in there, but the opportunity for a left-handed bat at first base does not exist because that's Muncy. Will Smith is going to catch every day, and when he doesn't, it's Austin Barnes. I haven't said it. Cody Bellinger's batting under a buck sixty again. He had another. He did not play yesterday. The day before, he was one for five. He did score a run, but... This is not going to turn anytime quick. If you're waiting for all of a sudden for it to click and for him to go again, it's not going to happen. My question is, what do you do with him? Do you just leave him on the bench, Slee? 
Do you just have him sit there and, and occasionally pinch hit when you're trying to pop a home run? Do you use him as a late-inning defensive replacement because he's a really good defender? Do you use him to run bases because he's a really good base runner? But this is a guy who was the MVP two seasons ago, and right now he you, you almost can't play him because it's not a matter of, well, he's struggling, but let's put him out there. Pollock and Taylor are stealing his at-bats because they've just outperformed him by such a, at such a wide level. Are we done with Cody Bellinger, as weird as that is to say? I, I don't think so, and I don't think you have to be. I, I, I think this is the key, I, and this is what I think most Dodger fans are going to be curious to see how Dave Roberts kind of plays his cards. By the way, not just with this, but also with Kenley Jansen. I, I think these are the two, if you're kind of trying to point out where there's some curiosity of, Dodgers did not address the closer position. Now they got more starters. Now they have guys that can, you know, guys should be fresher. You can, you, you're going to have more um, options, you could say, towards the end of games that you didn't have over the last couple of weeks when you really just had two full-time starters. Okay, on the on the Bellinger front. Trav, you're in a position where the only the the only storyline from the Dodgers, I think, when this season's all said and done, is if they didn't win the World Series. And I know anything could happen in the playoffs. Like I, I understand that. I completely understand that. But I, I say that because they're the odds-on favorite. Um, they're the ones that got the two uh, best players that were left, at, at least from a um, from a free eight or from a, a trade deadline perspective. Mm-hmm. They added to what they already had. The Bellinger piece is as simple as this. Who's producing? And he's not producing. So don't you want to have guys in, like we're just talking about here, you're chasing the Giants. You're trying to make sure that you don't fall into this one card, one game wild card. Um, you're trying to put yourself in a position where maybe by the time you get closer to the end of the season, the final week, it's not about, hey, we got to win all these games to win the division. Maybe you have a little bit of a separation there. So I say that because it's Dave Roberts' job to put this squad in a position to win every single night. That's the position that you're in. It's not about hurting feelings. It's not about, well, this is what this guy used to do. Who's producing for me right now? And and if it's if it's any other conversation other than that, then I would say that Dave Roberts is being way too loyal, way too what this player has done in the past, and we've kind of had a similar conversation about Kenley Jansen. So I don't know how you can really make an argument right now to say Bellinger is going to get a ton of at-bats. He's going to get a ton of starts with some of the production from some of these other players. No, he, he can't. It's as simple as that. He's being outperformed across the board by these other guys. And Dave's loyalty is an admirable trait right up until you start running out the eight guys that aren't the best eight guys. And right now, Cody Bellinger is not one of your eight best guys. He's just simply not. You can talk about historically, maybe so, maybe you know his the back of his baseball card might look better than Chris Taylor's. It might not, by the way. But you need to stop saying it's going to happen. It's been long enough. It's time to play the guys that are getting hits, and he's not one of the guys that's getting hits. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. That's your Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. So our first phone call of the day, Slee. Let's go to Newport Beach and Ian. Ian, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, Travis, how you doing? All right. So, Travis, give me a minute here. Cody Bellinger reminds me of the Baltimore Orioles' Chris Davis. Do you remember him? Of course, yeah, Slugger. Okay, so 2015, he hits 47 home runs. The next year, he hits 36 home runs. Then he hits 27 home runs. He gets extended. Guess where he is now? Out of baseball. There you go. Yeah. My point exactly Power hitters do not 
recuperate as fast as contact hitters. I question whether the shoulder that Cody hurt when he celebrated with Kiki affected his swing. But if you look at him now, he has no confidence. I just went to the last homestand, and that guy just, he swings without any regard for base runners. He doesn't get on base. Every swing is for home runs, and I appreciate it, and I will get off, and I'll get your opinion on that. Yeah, Ian, I think the Chris Davis one is interesting. Um, Chris Davis had a nice long run. You shorted him a little bit. He had, starting in 2012, he had home run seasons of 33, 53, 26, 47, 38, and 26. That is a hell of a run. Okay, that is a nice long run. Cody Bellinger really hasn't done that yet, but Cody Bellinger had a nice little start to his 39, 25, 47. Last year's 12. You can kind of throw it away because it was limited time. He only had 60 games in the regular season. He's got five this year, uh, Slee. He's got five. Now, I get it. He's only played 48 games. He's missed a lot of time. But you, you, you talk about that those other numbers, 263 on base. That's pitcher level. That's pitcher level. And he's right. And what, what Ian was saying right there is he's up there trying to run into something, trying to hit home runs, trying to get himself going again. And I kind of get it. But now's not the time. It, maybe the shoulder is bothering him. Maybe it needs to be put back together. Maybe it needs to have more rest. Maybe it could be all these other things. That's fine. Maybe there's an explanation to it. Here's the rub. I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. He can't be in the lineup. He, you can't have a guy that's getting on base 22% of the time for a guy that – because think about it. If he plays, that means someone else. Who, who do you want to come off the field? Do you want Chris Taylor to come off for Cody Bellinger? I don't. A.J. Pollock? I don't. Trey Turner? I, no. How, how, about, how about A.J. Pollock, okay? In July, 37 for 94, seven home runs, 10 doubles, 15 <laughs> RBIs, 15 runs in 26 games since the start of July. So uh, that, that, it's a perfect example. It's not just – it's one thing when one player is not producing. It's another It's another thing when those other players who could play in place of him are producing. So if Pollock was batting the same as Bellinger, different conversation. If Chris Taylor was struggling, different conversation. They're not. They're actually playing as good as baseball as anybody on the, in the Dodgers lineup. So that's what kind of magnifies this. And it gets in the point, too, where he comes up, and you tell me if you feel the same way, but my, my phone starts buzzing the second he steps into the batter's box. Like, oh, boy, here we go. How many pitches is he going to strike out on? Four or five? Maybe three. There's no, hey, you know what? His swing looks a little better. Hey, that was a better at-bat. Hey, he grinded. We, we talked about this a minute ago, and yesterday was a good example. One guy handing it off to the next guy. Another guy walks. Another scratch hit. A walk, and then pow, a big hit. That's what the Dodgers did to people for the last five years. They just grind you up. He's not a grind-you-up guy anymore. He's a strike-you-out, walk-back-to-the-dugout-nothing-happened guy. This uh, th- this might be one of the one of the more only interesting storylines with the Dodgers is – what do the Dodgers do with Cody Bellinger because of how much he struggled and because anytime he is in the lineup, you're taking something away from somebody who's playing good baseball. How is Dave Roberts going to juggle that? And, oh, by the way, the only other storyline I could think of is, um, and, and this is probably a good question for you, how he'll address Kenley Jansen because they really didn't address that in the trade deadline, even though they, they obviously did a, a lot of great things. I don't know why you'd bring that up, just because he had to pitch out of a bases-loaded jam against the worst team in baseball, despite the <laughs> fact that there was a tie. Why would you even bring that up? Why is that a big deal? It's not, why why right. is the fact that your closer is afraid to come into the strike zone against the worst team in baseball a problem? I don't understand. What, what do you mean? 
What's your why point? would that be an issue in October? I don't understand why you're trying to make <laughs> yeah. parallels to that. I, I feel fairly confident in saying the Arizona Diamondbacks are not going to be the opponent in the in the postseason. I think that you might see a more formidable That's the uh, argument. squad than that. That's the argument. Well, you know what? We've had trouble with the D-backs, <laughs> so we're not going to have to face them in, in late September. You, you did see what happened in the ninth inning of that game, right, where Blake Trinan just came in and pop, pop, pop. Yeah. See you later. I'm just, I'm just saying that you, we can't see that too many more times in a row and still think that Kenley, air quotes, is the closer. All right. Russell Westbrook is a Laker. Russell yes. Westbrook is the third part of the three-headed monster here in L.A. Is it the best threesome in the entire league? That's next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I think we're here for the rest of the week, right? We get to do 9 to 11. We don't have to worry about witness protection, at least for this week, I think. No guarantees. <laughs> no guarantees. That's true. No, I mean, there's no guarantee that one of us will be here tomorrow, right? Or the one we get to the second hour. I am more excited right now than I've ever been because the left part of my headset now works. For the first <laughs> half hour, all I could hear was everything in the right side. Now I have it on both sides. It's a big difference here, Trav. Big yeah, difference. It did seem like you were you – were I was maybe, hallucinating. Yeah, you, you were a little off. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Here's a tweet real quick. This is from Brian Ojeda who says, Yeah, baseball's weird. One moment you'll sweep a series and next you get swept by a last-place team. Schedule doesn't matter. Because you never know, the Giants could lose games versus the Diamondbacks. Dodgers now have a god squad. There's no excuses. Also, belly to AAA. I, I agree with the first part. There's no way they send him to AAA, right? They're, they're not going to put him in the mind. They, they may send him on a rehab assignment to, quote, rehab an injury, but they're not dropping him to AAA. The guy won the MVP two years ago. That's not happening. No, listen, Trav, this is, um, this is how ridiculous that the Dodgers are. And I know this has less to do with, well, Bellinger's playing average ball. He's playing well below average, so I, I think that, you know, obviously. But, but listen, Dodgers got options. Let's put it that way. If the Dodgers want to have Cody Bellinger in there, knowing that he's probably not going to give you something at the plate, but he's going to play fantastic defense, he's going to run the base as well. If he can find a way to get, you know, on base through a walk or something, they just – they're not forced to have to play him. They're not dependent on Cody Bellinger. So I think that's the key with this. If they were, there'd be probably a bigger conversation about Bellinger. There really hasn't been that much chatter. If if the Dodgers were six games back right now and a lot of these other guys weren't producing, maybe there'd be more of a point, a finger pointed at Bellinger. The reality is uh, they're they're in a good spot. They can obviously finish out the rest of the year winning the division, and Bellinger doesn't have to really be a big piece of it. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Westbrook is here, Slee. You've got yep. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. That is as good of a three-headed monster as you're going to find, I think. You've got Kyrie, KD, and James Harden in Brooklyn. That's the other big three-headed monster. Is it a push? Are they the same? Because, look, when I look at this, to me, the Lakers have an edge, and it's because of when you get to the third guy, right? You can take LeBron James and KD, and it's a draw. 
You can take James Harden and Anthony Davis, and it, I think you can make an argument sure. that's a draw. I'd prefer yeah. Anthony Davis, but I get it from the other side. It's that third guy, and you know how I feel. I think the listeners know how I feel about Russell Westbrook. I love him as a player. I just don't like him on this particular team. But at least he plays every day. <laughs> at least he goes out there and competes every day. He doesn't wake up one morning and not feel like playing. He doesn't have injuries. He doesn't seem to be that guy that you don't know whether he's going to be in or out of the lineup. And I think that's the difference between him and Kyrie. Kyrie's probably got more in the tank at this point, but he doesn't play every day. This is, um, this is I, I think, the kind of fascinating chat that we can go back to when, when the Brooklyn Nets traded for James Harden. You remember the conversation, Trav? There's only one basketball. What are mm-hmm. they going to do here? How, mm-hmm. how uh, Kyrie needs a ball. James Harden needs a ball. What are you going to give KD less touch? You know that that conversation kind of continued. Now the conversation with the Lakers is, you don't have you know from a shooting perspective, Russell Westbrook's not going to be a knockdown shooter. Well, LBJ needs the ball. Well, Russ has got to bring the ball up the floor. So there there are holes you could say with each trio. You could say, all right, well with the. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, it ain't perfect. With the Lakers, it's not perfect. But this is what we do know. What we do know is you got three legitimate, legitimate, either MVP conversation, as in LeBron and Kevin Durant and James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook have literally all won MVPs. And then guys that, you know, Kyrie Irving's known as hitting arguably one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history in Game sure. 7, and he's got that in him. AD has this, I could be the best two-way player any game, any given night in the entire NBA. What I'm most curious about, and Brooklyn's going to have to deal with this as well, how do you round up the rest of your roster? Mm-hmm. How how do you put the pieces together? Because you're not the only one. You know, you, you were doing this on Friday, and whether Laker fans want to hear it or they don't want to hear it, it's not like I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook on the Lakers. I think this is going to work. But if somebody next to me says, Al, I have some concerns. These are my concerns. I get the concerns, right? It's You need shooters. You need to find a way to, if LeBron James doesn't have the ball in his hands, you take away one of the highest IQ best players of kind of controlling the game. Well, if Russ doesn't have the ball in his hands, there's a lot of times you're going to be like, well, why is he on the court? Or what right. is it that he's going to bring to the table? So that that – that, I think, is going to be what makes today and this week and the next couple of weeks so interesting. What does Brooklyn do? What do the Lakers do? And, Trav, to add on top of that, how do other teams in the West and the East either say, we got to have, we're either all in or let's just get the hell out of the way because we got no chance against the Lakers and the Nets? Yeah, the pun on it and, and live to fight another day, right? The let's not use all of our powder here on something that's not going to come out regardless. I, I think that's an interesting point. Here, I want to go back to Russ for a sec. If Russell Westbrook understands what I'm about to explain, then I think that this has a real possibility of working out well. The Lakers are broken into two parts. The two parts are the LeBron James, Anthony Davis part. Yep. And everything else. Okay. That you have AD and LeBron over here. And then part two is everyone else. Let me say it again Anthony Davis and LeBron James over mm-hmm. here. And everyone, including you, Russ, over there. If that's part of what we're about to see, if all the pieces, like you said, free agency starts later today, if all of those free agent pieces that come in here, if all of the auxiliary players that you plug in to replace the guys that have gone out are part of the the second group to support the first group, 
I think you got as good of a thing as you could possibly get. What doesn't work is if you decide, if Russell Westbrook decides, you know, no, I'm part of that first group. I'm part of this group. I have an equal share in this over here that we're going to break this into thirds, not into halves. Then I think all of my concerns become far more legitimate because, like you just said a second ago, with Russ and LeBron on the court, that means one of the two of them is standing around without the ball in his hands, and neither one of those guys are at their best without the ball in his hands. So I don't think it has to be black and white like that. I really actually feel I think there's going to be some gray here. I think Anthony Davis can use a guy like Russell Westbrook. LeBron James can use many instances in an 82-game grind where Russell Westbrook can, you know what, you bring up the ball, you kind of get us going into a flow. By the way, you can grab a rebound and start the fast break. I, I actually think both LeBron and Anthony Davis can really, really use Russell Westbrook. This is the difference. The difference is, like you mentioned, where does Russ see himself on this team? I think Russell Westbrook sees this just kind of think of his career, especially since Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder and went on to go win two championships with the Golden State Warriors and now is a favorite to go in another one in Brooklyn, and we'll kind of see how things play out this year. Russell Westbrook, five years ago, when, you know, when, when Kevin Durant decided to leave, has gone through you know, really playing with nobody in Oklahoma City, from going to have a chance to win a championship, a playing with nobody, then ends up with... Um, you know, Paul George is on their team, but okay, Paul George is on that team. They're really in the, the it's the same conversation as the Portland Trailblazers. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you might win around in the playoffs, but what are you really going to do after that? Okay, Houston ends up trading for him. It's James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Nobody thought the Rockets were going to go beat the Lakers in the Orlando bubble. There, There's a, okay, second round and they're probably out. The, the point I'm making, Trav, is he's never had this opportunity before. You got a legitimate chance to go in an NBA championship, and I don't think it's going to be all talk of him saying, I want to do everything I can to win. How can I help this squad? I think LeBron and Anthony Davis can use Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook has never been in a predicament before in his career. As he's 32, it'll be 33 in November. He's had five straight years of just complete mediocrity in the NBA and and you know with some of these other teams that he's uh, that he's been on and he comes home to the Los Angeles Lakers sometimes it's not just the fit it's the circumstance it's a predicament what did that player go through over the last few years I, I'm a I'm a big fan of kind of the storyline of Russ to where he is today I hope so I just don't think so you know what I mean I, I just I, I I hope that what you said is right that all of those things that you suggested become true I just picture him having the ball, bringing it down with 19 seconds left in the shot clock and him jacking an elbow jumper that caves in the backboard. That LeBron looking like, wait, huh? Well, that's not what we're doing here. That at the end of a, of a tight game, he has the ball and he's trying to break a guy down and LeBron and AD are standing around and go, huh? Because I've, I've seen it too many times. And look, I do not believe that athletes in particular, especially really, really good ones, and Russell Westbrook is, that have played one – Russell Westbrook from the time he was at UCLA until today has played basketball one way, right? A billion miles an hour, as hard as I can, compete on every possession, and I love it about him. But to think that all of a sudden he's going to become this complimentary asset that is just willing to kind of do what Phil eh, – I just He's I, the I third just, best player. He's the third best player on the team. Mm-hmm. He'll never does, does have he know played. That? Does he know that? I, I think he'll understand <laughs> That's that. That's the question, I, right? 
By the way, LeBron's also going into his 19th season. We keep talking about how LeBron can use some help. And, he can. And he's never played with, just think about Anthony Davis down low. When you're saying he pulls up and jacks up, Robert Covington was there in, in Houston. It was Tucker and Covington who were their centers, right? Because remember they did the trade and Click Capella was gone. Yeah. Um, when, when he was in, in – uh, in uh, Washington, Mo Wagner was their big man. Like, I, trust me when I tell you, he's never played with talent like this. He did for a quick second, but they were all so young together when it was KD, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. And, and when you're this many years into the NBA, that's actually it's kind of funny, Trav. That's almost my least concern about uh, of Russell Westbrook is him adapting and playing with two other superstars. All right, lots more to get to with Russ joining the Lakers. Plus. My favorite segment of Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, really any days. A bunch of funch? Are we moving bunch of funch? Is that not going to happen? It is Ask Slee that's coming up next on Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This one is fantastic. I'm just jumping right in, Slee. What do you got? This is from Francis, and it says, Please have Slee as Cody Bellinger noticing there are now two Turners on the field and wondering if they're the same person. That's. You mean that's not Justin? What? <laughs> hey, uh, how's it, JT? You know that his name's Turner too. <laughs> so you guys, you guys brothers? What do you? What's going on? You guys on have to here? live together. Do you, Do you guys drive to the ballpark in the same car? I feel like like things Dave, like that would really throw him a loop. Dave, am I not playing? <laughs> am I not playing? Today? Yeah, yeah, no, Dave, you do made I, a mistake. There's two Turners here and no Cody's. Let's go, bro. It does feel like that's probably a, a likely should scenario just, at some point. Should I just stay home? Like, <laughs> I'll stay home tonight. Don't don't say that because, you know what? That's probably a pretty good idea. <laughs> All right. Here comes the next one. This is from Darb. And what? it says, with today being National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, By hashtag way, that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't sound like Cody Bellinger. You, no, your other one my was. My last one. What? Yeah, my last one was go? much better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. God dang it. Where'd that throw go? What? All right. With today being National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, ask Slee what his go-to favorite is. Are we talking Klondike, Chipwich, Baskin-Robbins, Oreo? My guess is he's a traditional vanilla ice cream sandwich guy where the chocolate sticks to your fingers. What's your go-to ice cream sandwich? No, the traditional, I'd say no. You, you know what are the, uh, the good ones here? You go to some of these, because this became a thing, right, where ice cream shops like popping all over the place and they're good authentic ice cream whatever the case sure. is bro they get the chocolate chip cookie sure get that on each side Throw a little vanilla ice cream on there yeah and we're talking like good cookies that that you're would going be gourmet you're, you're it's it's 1 a.m at 7-eleven the yeah. cooler's right by the front door yeah. you want a little ice cream treat mm-hmm. what are you reaching in there for uh, Klondike is a great one. The, yes, the frozen is. Snickers is a really a good idea. one. That's a good one as well. Um, what's another one I would take? You know what's a sleeper? Nestle old... has a Nestle has a good one with the not uh, bad. Uh, uh, yep. The 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 old school Dodger fans are know this. Remember Kulakus, Slee? Remember the Kulaku? They would come. It would be the ice cream with the chocolate chip cookie sandwich, but the whole oh, thing yeah. was then dipped in chocolate on top of that. Like, it was covered in chocolate on top of it. The Kulaku was next level. Yeah, I, I think I think that's those are my picks. If I'm going, um, the Snickers one actually jumps out to me. That one keeps jumping out to me. That's a damn good one. If I'm going to 7-Eleven, it's 1 a.m., something along those lines. <laughs> and then the um, 
the uh, the Klondike bars as well. That's good. The, by the way, the correct answer at 1 a.m. at 7-Eleven is hot dog off of the roller. That's the proper choice. That is on. not. That is not the correct answer. <laughs> it's it's sushi. <laughs> Kevin Faruda writes, uh, it's 1990, and Gaucho pitcher Travis Rogers is, well, I don't like this, mm. is having his usual third-inning struggles. Coach Alan Sliwa visits the mound. Yep. What are your inspirational words to get Trav out of the jam? Um, By the way, I got past the third inning most times. That's a little shade. I've got to be honest. I'm just running out there kind of ticked off. I'm going straight to the bullpen. I'm not even spending any time. I'm not even looking at Trav. I'm just pointing straight out to the bullpen. I'm asking for the ball. You kind of have this hesitation. What the hell's going on here? I had one. I gave up I gave up two runs, and there's a guy on first and second. Just relax. Can I have a couple more innings? And the answer is no. I'm going straight to the bullpen. So Get your you-know-what out of the game. This was not an uncommon occurrence. I'd go warm up in the bullpen. The game would start. It's the top of the first inning. I'm on the mound, and ball one. And I'd hear my coach, who I still talk to to this day, <laughs> scream down to the dugout, get somebody going! Hurry up! And he'd stand up in front of the dugout and, sw- and do his fist in a circle of motion like, hurry up! I'd thrown one pitch. I'd thrown one pitch, and he's already yelling to get someone up in the bullpen. Doesn't really fill, fill you with a ton of confidence when after a pitch or two, he's yelling to the bullpen to get somebody going. We're going to have to do this fast. Are, are, you, are you one of those where you're uh, your Scherzer or your Kershaw, where you're just, just you have that locked-in look at your manager when he's coming towards you? Like, I ain't leaving the game. I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. The problem is, is that I. Problem suck. is, you gave up six runs right. in the third inning, <laughs> and you can't really do that in you know a one-run game in the eighth inning where you think you still got a couple more outs to go. It's hard to have an attitude when you're barely holding on. It's it's hard to have an attitude. Well, look, I get it's the third inning and it's five to four, but come on, man, give me give me a little more time. We're scoring runs. It doesn't uh, doesn't really. It's work like, like me that. in high school basketball where they're trying to sub me out. I'm like, six turnovers. Give me a second. I'm not going to get to ten turnovers. <laughs> Give me some time, Coach. Let me figure right, this here's out. Another one. Ooh, I like this one. This is good. Who is the most famous person that follows your Twitter account? Coworkers don't count. Hashtag Ask Slee. Yeah, probably not anybody very famous. I don't. I don't even know. I would have thought that you would have gotten some Laker, like maybe like a Flea or something like that, who's a crazy Laker fan that maybe stumbled you across look, Laker talk. I I, I got to be honest with you. I have no idea. I would have to go look, and I, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, other than, like he just said, people that are within the industry, I, I I don't – I have no idea. Nothing? You do Lakers talk. You're on Travis and Slee every day in Los Angeles. I would think it would be a How? who's who of who follows you. <laughs> yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? What did Cody uh, Bellinger get your headset? Yeah, Bell, Bellinger's in there. <laughs> so let, let me ask you this question. This yeah. is how ghetto I, I am on Twitter. How would I even know? You have to go to followers, right? You click on followers, and then you scroll down, and it'll tell you everybody that follows you. And you just got to go looking for names. I have a couple that are non-sports related that I'm pretty proud of. I've got um, comedian Bill Engvall. Remember him? He's he's the the blue-collar comedy guy. uh, He and I got to know each other when I worked for the Angels. He's awesome. Bill Engvall follows me. And then Harlan Coben, who sold about 10 trillion books. He's a mystery writer. I used to put him on my show, and I called him by the wrong name one time, and he thought that was hilarious, so he follows me now. So that's how you see. You can just make a mistake, and you get a multiple-time New York Times bestselling author to follow you. So you just got to call people by the wrong name. Yep, pretty much all just people who are in the industry or are Laker fans. That's what, I, that's what I've noticed so far. We're just waiting Not for bad. Paul Logan to hop on because then yeah, you call him the wrong name. Wrong name.
Logan's coming. There you go. Do you cut your own hair or do you still go to a barber? Hashtag Ask Slee. Uh, since COVID, I uh, cut my own hair. I shave my own head. I think that's probably the better way of putting it. And I don't think that's going to change. I think I, you know, <laughs> got it down to where it's not really, I don't need uh, some professional coming in here and taking off what's not really there. Are we doing it every day? Are we doing it every other day? What's the frequency of the head No, shave? a couple times a week at that's max. So Especially right now where you're not going anywhere. If if we're in Lakers season, i got to be at Staples. Maybe I'm doing a little bit more often, but I hate shaving it. I, I look at it as if, like, I'm going to go take my car in for a service for, you know, three days or something. I don't know why I look at it that way. I'm done in five <laughs> minutes, but <laughs> – do you ever do that for, like, the stupidest, smallest things yeah. you think the world's going to end? I'm going to have to take five minutes to, to shave my feet. Yeah, just, I'll, I'll just let it go for another three weeks. It's fine. I can't, I can't spare the, the, the five minutes it takes to shave my face. I'll just let it roll for three weeks because I'm just uh, simply way too busy to get it done. Here's another one. Yeah, uh, still Dave. scrolling. Nobody. <laughs> Dave in San Clemente says, do elevator close door buttons only work when you're not trying to get people out. <laughs> That's perfect. Are you that guy? Are you the closed door? You see somebody coming that you'd really rather not ride the elevator with. Are you hammering the closed door button? No, I'm not doing that. But there are plenty of times where you can hit the keep the door open. And, you choose and that's to. just as bad. You know what I mean? Because this happens in our office, and you know what I'm talking about, okay? There's a perfect distance between somebody just coming in the glass doors where they're now in the lobby to where you're getting in the elevator and there's just enough eye contact where if you held the door open, it was the nice thing to do. But as they're walking over, eyes kind of lock and then the doors just start shutting and you're like, Jesus, you're an a-hole, Alan. You know, I I always like that move because I kind of pretend to reach for the oh oh I can't oh I'm sorry and then don't boom, do that and I'm down and I just, the second the doors close I go <laughs> just a, just a little evil laugh to keep it moving I, I I always like that one a lot all right John in Fullerton with our last one right here Slee yep. Marvel Marvel or DC Comics there is a right answer hashtag Ask Slee um I'll go. I'll go DC Comics. Because? No idea. Just figured that you were going to have me go Marvel. <laughs> you were going to have me go Marvel, so I went, well, look, I went DC, DC Comics. Well, you get Batman. You get Superman. So those are pretty good. But the, the movies that they make for those aren't other than the one Batman movie. Don't Dark seem Knight? To be as pop, yeah, Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Don't seem to be as popular as all the Marvel movies that come out one every, uh, I think it's every 28 minutes they have one come Let out. Let me actually, I, I have a curiosity here. I think actually that's the right pick for me. I am DC. Because the, a lot of the Marvel movies, they don't do it for me. Have you seen Incredible Hulk and, and Captain America? Like I, I just, they do nothing for me. Just seeing that Black Widow is pretty good. If you if you like Black Widow and, and WandaVision isn't terrible, if you're into that kind of thing, just just saying, maybe maybe spend a little time on the Disney Plus app, kind of work your way through some of the Marvel movies. I think you're misrepresenting some of the We're, finer superheroes. Uh, free agency starts today. You want me to go on the Disney <laughs> and start watching some Marvel movies? Yes, I would. I would like you we to get caught up. need a full report. Guardians so we of can the Galaxy have, and, and Deadpool. Look, we can have a Scarlett Johansson conversation and Elizabeth Olsen conversation, the important conversations surrounding the Marvel Universe. This is what we have to do. 